And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. On today's episode, we're going to talk about going from surviving to thriving in our lives and how some easy tips on how we can go after the life we want. We're also going to talk about some super simple tips on starting something new in your life that you're interested in going after. And we're also going to delve into understanding the past hurts or traumas. And we're going to talk about ways that we can overcome those holes or deficits and then get step into living our best lives. Hi, today on the show, I'd like to welcome Danielle Burnock. She is a self-love coach who is an author and speaker of several books, one of which is Because You Matter, and another one is Emerging with Wings. She is also a podcast host of the Victorious Souls podcast. I'd like to welcome Danielle. Welcome. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I cannot wait for this conversation. You are just such an encouraging and positive and passionate person, and you help so many people. So thanks again for being here. Thank you. Sure. So the first thing I'd love for you to do is share with the audience a little bit more about your journey and your backstory as to how you ended up where we're at now with everything you have going on in your life. Oh, well... I am a survivor of multiple childhood traumas that I had dismissed for a long time because they were, you know, catastrophic, like a tsunami and things like that. And I suffered for a long time. I survived them, but I was not thriving in my life. But now I help other people go from survive to thrive. And I'm on a mission to set free a million souls by my 65th birthday, actually. And this all came about because a struggle in that trauma, it was hurting me so much. I was fighting to get free from it in whatever way I could. A way I put it in my first book was, I got to where I am today by refusing to stay where I was. Change is how I, I've gotten here. It's like a mode of travel to get somewhere when you change. And I didn't know how to heal. I didn't know how to do anything. I just refused to stay there. I was suffering. And so I fought for healing and fought for change. And I read books and I, I went to church and I went to counseling. I went to Christian counseling, actually, but that actually made it a little worse. And I just, I fought to get free and I got a little bit better and a little bit better and I gained ground and God blessed me with the most amazing husband, which is a part of my healing journey. But still, I was still so bound until I thought I wasn't. But I had a situation, a triggering situation where I was just thrown right back to being in first grade. And it was just awful. And after that happened, I sat down in a chair in my room and said, God, I'm not going forward unless you change this. And I like drew a line in the sand that something had to change. And so he brought me through a process and I discovered that I, through that trauma that I had denied as not being a big enough deal to do anything about, but was still affecting my life in my fifties. Yes, I needed to do something about it. And 
I discovered that it was really rooted in my value, that I didn't see my value. And God started to bring me through that. And I lived out in Arizona at the time. And we moved back to Michigan. And it wasn't long after that that I finally sat down and started to write a book. I thought about doing it for years and never did. Was encouraged to do it, still didn't do it. Put it off, put it off, put it off. Until finally one day, it was just the day to start. I read a devotional that sparked something. I read a quote that sparked something. And I just sat down and started. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know how to go forward. I didn't know what I was going to say. I just, I sat down and I just started. And it was through writing that book. I put myself into counseling to do that because I thought that would be wise. And it was much more wise than I thought it was because through that process, I went to a regular counselor. I wanted to go to someone who knew about the mind, about psychology. And she unearthed things that I had no idea were inside of me. And she validated traumas that I had dismissed. And she exposed traumas that were invisible to me. And through that process, I wrote my book, Emerging with Wings, A True Story of Lies, Pain, and the Love That Heals. But still, I wrote that and I grew so much and it exposed a really core trauma that was why I have a new name. I changed my name when I turned 30. It exposed that. And um, I lost my train of thought here now. I'm just thinking about the trauma is what it was. Because that's what trauma does. Trauma will disassociate. When you get to a place where you can't deal with the pain, that is a physical, psychological, chemical response in your brain. When you can't deal with something, your brain just kind of shuts you off. And when you're a child and it does that, you lose chunks of your life and you don't even know that that it happened and see it came around again the train came around again I love that a friend of mine said that you lost the train of thought the train will come around again and it always does if you let it make room for the train to come around again and I published that book and I was terrified that anyone would read it because I had just learned and grown in that stuff it was so fresh and the response I got to it is why I'm here today. That's what created that. The response that came from that, the texts, the reviews, the emails, the people who called me, the people who reached out to me. And because of this one quote that's in that book that has gone viral, and I find it in other languages and brochures, people's asked, can I put it in my book? And that's trauma is personal. It does not disappear if it is not validated. When it is ignored, or invalidated, the silent screams continue, internally heard only by the one held captive. When someone hears the pain, and when someone enters the pain and hears the screams, healing can begin. And that's what I'm on a mission to do is to help people to validate that and to do what they dream because they don't do what they dream for lots of different reasons. And for the ones that I can help, those are the ones I want to help. Oh my gosh. That totally gave me chills, by the way. Yeah. I think there are so many things there that I want to talk about, but the first is you are so right that we have to, we have to feel that our story. And like you said, most our trauma goes along with our story is, you know, that it's seen that we lift it up and we acknowledge it for what it is so that we can actually deal with it and see it and then move forward. So I think that's a really great point and important for people to know The other thing I'd say is you're so right. So many people step into careers where it's something they've dealt with in their past because you know how much this transformation meant to you, right? It changed your life when you finally were able to 
to see the trauma, acknowledge it, work through it, and then step into beyond it, I guess. And so I think it's amazing that you're helping people with that. And it's important work. Let me ask you, though, you talked about most of us question our worthiness, because most of us have some sort of trauma in our past. I, well, probably right. everyone has trauma in their past, whether it was from childhood, whether we've acknowledged it yet or not, whether it's from our teenage years, early 20s, whatever it might be. And obviously, there's varying levels of, of trauma. But how do we start working on feeling more worthy and loving ourselves? Are there easy things we can do to start working on that piece of us, our lives? I think that the primary thing people need to do is they need to identify why they feel like that. There's a reason. A child is not born hating themselves. A baby is born and all they can think of is themselves because it's all they know. So hating ourselves or failing to love ourselves or not taking care of ourselves or not giving ourselves the space that we need is a learned thing. It comes because something happened that hindered that or something that's called childhood emotional neglect, that happens. That's something that didn't happen, that needed to happen. And so that's the invisible wound that people don't see because it leaves a hole behind. When there's abuse or bullying or you know some trauma that you see, you know, it leaves behind something that it leaves behind emotional pain, it leaves behind a bruise, it leaves behind something that you see or feel. But emotional neglect leaves behind a vacuum. And you can't see that. Yeah. And so that you so if someone is not feeling enough or worthy or they beat on themselves or whatever, however it presents itself, you need to tra- track that back to why. You need to get to the root of why, and then you work your way back and you have to heal the wound. There's a wound that took place in some form. And a lot of times people will dismiss what that wound is. And it doesn't have to appear to be huge. I was doing an interview on my podcast and the gentleman who is a therapist, he shared a situation of a woman who had struggled with this very thing, with her value, her worth. And she struggled. She went through counseling and she worked on her trauma and she worked years and she wasn't making any progress. And he worked with her. And I don't remember how he got her to get there, but, you know, he asked her a question of something of why, because she, she struggled with food was why she was struggling. It was connected with food, which oftentimes it is, but not always. And traced back to one situation one incident, one comment that her dad made when she was, I remember she was like 12 or something. And a lot of times people will even dismiss childhood trauma if it's past 10, because they think, oh, you're a teenager, you're grown up. No. (laughs) So one comment about how she came in the door and said, hi, baby, or whatever he called her. And, you know, like, you know, getting along just fine, like wonderful. And I says, wow, you're getting fat. And You know, he didn't mean anything by it, but there was no conversation after that. And it wasn't even what he said that created the wound in her soul. It was what she told herself. It's it's the lie she began to believe from that because he just said, you're getting fat. She could have responded with, why do you say that, dad? Or something could have turned into a conversation. Yeah. And it could have been nothing. But instead, she told herself, oh, I'm worthless. 
And then she went on the rest of her life holding on to that lie from that one thing that was dismissed as nothing. So you can't dismiss what it might be. I think you're so right. I think we do often forget that words, I mean, just one statement, like you just gave an example of, have such power over us. And not like you said, it didn't mean that that father was trying to harm her child or that he did. It's that, like you said, we start internalizing things and then we start telling ourselves a narrative that isn't the truth or that we think we can't change when that's a very manageable thing we could work on or realize I'm happy with myself. Like we didn't need to start telling that internal story. So I think it's really important that you pointed that out because so many, many of us, even not in childhood or teen years, but beyond that, right. It could be in a marriage. It could be anything, but like work, someone tells you something and we, we grab onto that one negative thought and we kind of run with it. So I Mm -hmm. think that's really important. That brings up an idea though, for me, do you find that as people do this work, right. On figuring out what are their triggers, what are the things in their past that have brought them to experience some of the stuff that we can then though shift those images of ourselves and that narrative with new ideas? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. It's like reprogramming a computer. If you get a computer, I I learned, I wrote about it in one of my books about, you know, if you want to get rid of a computer, you can wipe it clean. But if you get rid of it after you wipe it clean, it's not clean. Right. I watched a TV program. I know it was just a TV program, but I researched and found it was true that these people had stolen old laptops and were getting, you know, sensitive material off of it, blackmailing the people mm-hmm. for it because it can be harvested off of there by people who know how. Right. And the only way to correct that so that cannot happen is you have to rewrite over it. And so it's the same thing with us. Our minds are a supercomputer. And we have things in there that have been written in there, either by other people or ourselves or like children. They blame themselves for their trauma because they are protecting their view of their parent or caregiver or teacher, whatever, one who said whatever, did whatever to them, because that's just something that children do because they're those people are their heroes. They have to protect them. So they villainize themselves. And that has to get turned around. And the only way to do that is to reprogram our brain. We have to program our brain with what we want to believe, with what we want to think, with what we want to be saying. And we have to be saying it, too. You can't just read it either. It has to be a two-step process. You have to read it, but you have to speak it out loud also. Because when you hear it in your ears from your own voice, your brain is going to believe it more. Just like when you berate yourself, your brain believes that. You're programming yourself in a negative way when you speak negatively about yourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's just such a good example because you're right. Computers keep an imprint basically, right? Of right. That old program until like you said, we rewrite it. And so I think that's so important. And, you know, I talk about all the time about, you know, we do have to sort of understand what are the, what are our current or old beliefs and how do we replace those with, you know, more positive kind beliefs about ourselves and about people around us. And how do we step into where we're trying to go? not where we've been, right, with our mindset or where we, how we perceive ourselves. So I think that's super important. Right. So let me ask, so let me ask you, I love that it wasn't until, was it 55 that you wrote your first book? I started when I was 54, but it was published when I was 55. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you finally decide that you could step into that and that you could start? I know you shared a little bit about that, but I'm just curious, do you have 
recommendations or tips on how other people might start something where maybe they've, you know, a lot of people I talk to, they hesitate for many, many years or say, no, I can't leave my job because I'm going to get more money from the pension or, oh, I'm just not sure. So they don't start something. So do you have any recommendations or tips on how people might start step into something new? They have to want to, they have to really want to. It's, that's going to be the dividing line. It's the difference between wishing and willing. When you make a quality decision and you commit yourself to, it's like you, you decide if it's important to you. If it's important to you, then you will do it. You have to have, why am I doing this? And your why has to be bigger than all the opposition that will come against you. You have to draw a line in the sand like I did that day. I just drew a line in the sand. I'm doing this. And that carried me through all the difficulty when I had no idea what I was doing, when it got hard, after I wrote it, but I hadn't published it. And I had all those feelings of, I don't want anyone to read this. My greatest fear was someone would actually read it, which sounds so irrational, but that fear is irrational. But I said, you know, you, Danielle, at the beginning, you said you were going to write a book. If it's not published, it's not a book. Right. So it's like I held myself to my own commitment. And that's the only thing that will actually carry you because you will get opposition from yourself, from other people. It will come. Yeah. No, I think you're so right. I think you're right that one, we have to be honest with ourselves. What do we really want in this season of our life and or for for, forever, whatever, whichever it is. And I think you're it's true. We have to know the why. and, And it has to be such a passionate, strong reason that like you said, we're going to keep walking through the doubt, the questioning, the like, am I worthy today? Do I have what it takes? Whatever the thing is. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's really important for people to know. I know even with starting the podcast, you know, it's the same thing. I knew that that's a long journey, right? It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there's going to be days where I'm sure we'll feel like, oh my gosh, we need to, do I want to do this? Right. Because Mm -hmm. it is, it's a, daily commitment, but you have to know what you're, why you're doing it, why you're showing up to serve people. So I think that's, that's really important. So, and you have to give yourself grace along the way too. You have to make provision for your humanity. You're going to have days that it's hard. So maybe you don't do it that day. So you say not today. You don't say I'm done. You just say, I'm going to take today off. And you do something to refresh yourself, to recharge yourself, to build yourself up because we've run out of gas and we can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. People have to schedule in time or if you just get to a breaking point, they have to schedule in time for reset, recharge, rest, learning, right? Time with, you know, in your relationships. So I think that's, that's really good. So let me ask you this. What tips do you have for people on how we can build a life we love and we can define life on our terms? I have three things I would like to share. The first one is when I say all the time, you get one life and it's up to you what you do with it. And what happened up until today may have been affected by other people and their choices. And you may have made bad decisions or whatever, but yesterday's gone and it starts today. And it's up to you. You have the power for how your life plays out. You can write the end of the story. I think it was Brene Brown that says that too. It's like, you have the power to write the end of the story. You get one life. It's up to you. Only you can do that. And the second thing is no matter what it is, it's in your heart. You have to start. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too damaged. You're not too inexperienced. You're not too stupid. You're not too smart. You're not too tall, too skinny, whatever your two is. It's a lot. It's a lie. You can do it. If you want, if it matters to you, 
start. And you may pivot along the way. You may, you may start with, oh, I want to, you know, write a book. And then you start writing it. And you're like, you know what? I don't really want to write a book. I want to write a play. Or maybe I want to write a movie. Or maybe it, it will transform into something else. And you can let it do that. But you will never do any of that if you don't start. And the third thing that I want to share is something called, it's an acronym for diet. It's out of the book, Unhackable by Carrie Overbrunner. And I'm a certified unhackable coach. And I, I just love this because if you implement this diet, it has nothing to do with food, by the way, uh, this diet, it will help you to do what you dream, to build a life you love. And the first and most important thing for the D is determine what you want. In the book, it calls it a boon. It's your greatest desire, your deepest ache. What is it that's in there that you're like, ah, determine what that is. Write it down. Determine what that is, but you have to identify it. The I stands for identify someone who's getting the results you want. Did you want to climb Mount Everest? Well, who already did that? Or do you want to you know, write 500 books? Who already did that? Or you want to write a best-selling movie? Who already did that? Identify one person, just one, not 20 of them. <laughs> that will lead to overwhelm. One person who is getting the results that you want and study them. Study them. What are they doing? How are they doing it? How did they get to where, they're, where they got to? And study them. And the E stands for eliminate the empty calories. Again, this isn't about food. <laughs> but those are the distractions, the time sucks, the uh, attention stealers, you know, like scrolling Facebook a lot of times, you know, and there's ways to constrict that because it's not that like you don't ever need distraction. Distraction is something that we need in certain amounts, but living a distractive life, distracted life will steal you from living the life you dream. You will never build a life you love. You'll be distracted the whole time. And so the T stands for turn your attention away from that one mentor only after you have learned all you could possibly learn from them. So don't let yourself get distracted from that one person too. So determine what you want, identify who's getting the results, eliminate all the things that are keeping you from doing that. And, you know, turn your focus only after you've gotten what you need and then find a new person to study. Yeah, I think those are great tips from from Unhackable. I love that. And they're such they're such great tips because anybody can apply them to their lives, whether they just want to improve one little facet of their life or whether they really do want to step into something new and exciting, whether it's a new career opportunity or whether, like you said, it's writing a book or starting a podcast or selling their wearables on Etsy, whatever it is. Those are really great great tips. They're very useful, right? In our everyday life. And I find that all the time, you know, like you said, you have to, you really have to set limited bits of time that you're going to go on social media, or like you said, watch the news because they are big time sucks and they can put kind of change our mindset, right? We sort of say like, Oh, look at everything they're doing instead of actually doing the work I need to do on my life and my goals. I love that. Oh my gosh, this conversation has been so good today. I have one last question for you. And then I'd love for you after that to share how we can connect with you online. The last thing is, are there any resources or books like the one you just mentioned, any additional ones that you'd like to throw out there and um, mention to the listeners? Oh, definitely. One I, I recommend all the time is called Running on Empty by Dr. Janice Webb. 
And she is how I learned the term childhood emotional neglect. My counselor identified it in my life, but she didn't know the term. After I read that book and learned, I saw my life on display in this book, I contacted my counselor and asked her if she'd ever heard of the term and she hadn't. And so I think this is an amazing resource to help people see. They may see, oh, wow, that happened in my life. Because it's really hard for people to own that in their life. I warn you right now on the front end, a lot of people, they pull back from admitting and owning the truth that they were emotionally neglected, especially if they fall into the category where their parents were well-meaning, but emotionally neglected themselves. Because people, like I said before, we want to make heroes out of our parents, but our parents were human. You know, it doesn't mean you had to have a horrible parent. It means your parent was human. Maybe they were traumatized. Maybe they just didn't have the emotional, whatever it is. In my book, Emerging with Wings, I brought out the way of putting it is no malice does not equal no harm. You can't say, well, they didn't mean to. Therefore, I'm not traumatized. It's not true. You can say they didn't mean to. You know, in my other book, I talk about because there's it, it create there was a cause and it creates an effect. And so you deal with the effect. That's where we, you focus on healing. It's not about bashing your parents. It's about getting healed in your soul. And so that book, she's got 12 different types of parents. She puts it in story form, the same situation with the same little kid about how he was treated this way by this type of parent is 12 different ways. And so it's so helpful for people to identify if that vacuum is in their life. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a great book. And I have not read that one yet, but I, I might have to pick it up. So tell us, how can people find you online and learn more about everything you have to offer? Well, my website is daniellebernock.com. It's B-E-R-N-O-C-K. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all over the place. And I have courses. I have books. I have a Heal Your Childhood Self course that will help you identify this if you, this speaks to you. But you can find all of that at my website and connect to me from there. My books are available all over the place. Wonderful. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all these great tips and information with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this so much. Thank you. I'm so glad I got to have this conversation with Danielle today because I think the key takeaways are we have to really understand how to love ourselves. We have to understand that it's up to us. We get to choose what tomorrow brings, what, what we step into tomorrow. We get to choose the rest of our story and we get to restart that story over every day. And then also, I think the really important conversations we had around really seeing if you have patterns or things that are going on in your life that there's really some deeper work you need to do on it. You know, like she was talking about, it could be a childhood or teen or young adult trauma, something that happened to us. It can just be words that we allowed to have more power over us than they should have. And we started telling ourselves an untrue or unkind narrative So I would just encourage all of us, let's do the work to find what those things are that are holding us back from being our best and feeling worthy and feeling deserving and know that we are worthy of love and that it's, it might just take us to unearth some of these things that happen to us or these triggers so that we can move beyond them and we can step into our best lives. And I want to share these words with you by Marcus Aurelius. He says, the soul becomes dyed with the colors of its thoughts. And I want you to think about that for a minute. 
What color would your soul be based on your thoughts? Would it be dark colors like blacks and dark greens because you have a lot of negativity and unkind words that you're telling yourself? Or would your, be, would your soul be lit up with bright yellows and oranges, the color of the sun, because you are kind and caring and loving to yourself with your thoughts? So I just want to share that idea because I think it gives us a really good visual for what we say to ourselves really does put an impression on us for a long time. And if you're ready to go after your dreams and define life on your terms, head on over to kristenfitch.com and download the free No Limits workbook to help you look at different ideas in front of you and how you might create, scale, and monetize those ideas. So you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.